The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Good morning, everyone. Woo! I am excited. I'm excited. Uh, Good morning or good evening. Uh, If you're watching us uh, online tonight at 6 p.m., for those of you who are watching us online right now, uh, welcome. I'm Pastor Chris, and uh, it is great to be back preaching today. I have, uh, I've missed you guys. Actually, um, I haven't been anywhere. We didn't go out of town or anything like that. I've been right here with you uh, each and every week, and together, uh, last several weeks, we've gotten to hear some very powerful messages uh, from Chris Jones, uh, Ryan Spell, our youth pastor last week from Galen Moyer. And uh, man, as a pastor, let me tell you something. It is so encouraging to know that there are so many uh, capable, qualified people here at Coastal to share God's Word, and that our church doesn't miss a beat, even when I'm not preaching. That that this church, you know, is really ultimately not built on me, my personality, my preaching, but ultimately our church is built on Jesus and the foundation of His eternal Word. And uh, But what I have been doing What I have been doing while I've not been preaching is uh, I've been preparing our church for what I believe is truly going to be one of the most exciting seasons of growth in the history of our church, our Daring Faith, our church-wide Daring Faith campaign that's going to be kicking off uh, Sunday morning, September the 22nd. Hopefully by now you've heard something about it. Now, imagine with me for just a moment the impact of, on our church when each single, and every person, each person in our church, each one of you, is praying and fasting together for 40 days. You know, living out the principles of faith that you are reading about and discovering in your daily devotional that we're going to provide for you in this campaign. And then that impact then just keeps growing as all of those individuals, each of you, uh, come together and share together and grow in your life group each week, all studying the same thing, everybody applying those principles to their everyday lives. And, And by the way, For this campaign, uh, this fall, this semester, we have gone from having about, you know, 20 groups, that's usually about what we've been having lately, to over 35 groups this coming semester all over Charleston every single day of the week. And we're asking everybody, all of you, everyone watching, anybody who calls Coastal their home, or even interested in Coastal, to join a life group for eight weeks this summer. Listen, you can do anything for eight weeks, right? And I'll talk more about that a little bit later. So that impact, That is just growing and growing. And then it's going to kind of reach its peak when all of those people, all of those life groups, all of us come together each Sunday morning to experience the power of those principles as an entire church on Sunday morning. It's called the power of focused alignment. Think about it. The study, the devotional, the fasting. Even our children, by the way, are going to be uh, going through the same type of material. Uh, We're going to be talking about living and giving by faith, facing our fears, expecting God's very best in our life, and building a faith that lasts leaving a legacy for the next generation and the next generation. I'm excited about it. I hope you are. Do not miss out on what God is going to do in our church this fall and in your life 
personally this fall. Listen, don't start making excuses for how busy you are and how you won't be able to participate in, in this element or that element of the campaign. Let me tell you, Every one of us can read, right? Every one of us can read the daily devotional. Every one of us can pray and fast. Every one of us can join a life group just for eight weeks. And every one of us can make Sunday morning a priority. The Bible says this, without faith, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So let me ask you, what area of your life are you walking and living by faith? Maybe, just maybe, that is the, the missing element in your life. Faith. Maybe that's the missing element in your, in your walk with God. Maybe it's gotten a little stale. Listen, join us in the adventure of daring faith this fall. In fact, during the first three weeks of September, uh, I personally am going to be hosting a series of 13 different meetings. And the list of those meetings is found inside your bulletin. Everybody pull that out for me if you don't mind. Pull this out. You'll notice that th these 13 meetings, there are different times, different days. We're actually going to provide food and childcare at all of them. My wife is personally going to be cooking for all of them. No, actually, she's not going to cook for all of them. She's going to cook for a lot of them. She's actually excited about it. Um, we want to make you coming to one of those meetings, just one, uh, as easy and as convenient as possible. And so we're asking everybody from our church, anybody who considers Coastal, you know, their church, their home, to pick just one of those meetings to attend. Now, that's not your life groups, okay? I'm going to be talking about those a little bit later. But at one of these meetings, what's going to happen, at each one of them, I'm going to be explaining in, in great detail our Daring Faith campaign. Uh, you're going to get the Daring Faith campaign packet I'm going to talk about what we're going to be building, what we're going to attempt to do this coming year here on our campus, and how everyone, everyone can be a part of it. So, here's what I need you to do today. I need you to sign up for one of those meetings. Now, like life groups, even though these are not groups, am I clear on that? These are not groups, but like life groups, you can sign up at least three different ways, but you only have to sign up one time one way. You can sign up this morning on your way out at the Daring Faith campaign table in the very back. There's sign-up list back there uh, for each one of those meetings. You can sign up right here and now on the back of your Connect card. Notice it says, let's see here, where is it? There it is, right up top on, on the back underneath my next step today. I'd like to sign up for the following Daring Faith Info meeting. Date, time, and if you need childcare, yes or no, but how many kids you will be bringing. Or you can go to our website, forward slash faith. Those of you who are watching online right now, you can do that right now. So I'm, I'm hoping and believing and trusting that the majority of you, all of you, today are going to sign up for one of those meetings. Now, let's talk about today. Today, I am wrapping up this uh, summer reading series 
that we've been in the latter half of this summer. I really hope you've enjoyed this series. It's one of my favorite every year. Um, and I hope that you have been encouraged to read at least one, at least one of the books that we used this summer. Uh, but most importantly, I hope as always, no matter what we do, no matter what we're preaching and teaching on, that you have been challenged and inspired and encouraged to read God's Word, the Bible. And really, that's actually what today's book is all about. It's about encouraging all of us to, to stand firm on the solid rock of God's Word in an ever-changing world. Now, the book is entitled uh, Strengthening Your Grip by Charles Swindoll. Uh, Chuck Swindoll, Charles Swindoll is one of my uh, pastor heroes, if you will, and uh, one of my favorite authors. This book that you picked up uh, you know, over the summer is actually a revised edition um, of a million-copy bestseller. I actually originally read the book when it very first came out in 1982. Now, at that time, I had only been a believer, I'd only been a, a Christ follower for just a little over a year. But this was a great book for me to read uh, because it really taught me and reminded me early in my faith that, you know, really, no matter what I face in this world, and no matter how the world at large or my world in particular changes, the truth of God's Word never changes. And it always has the answers. And that's really what I want us to use this book today to talk about. You know, why that's true and how we can, you know, strengthen our grip on the Word of God. Now, speaking of the Bible, anybody here in this room uh, grow up with one of these? Anybody know what this is? I know it says, Holy Bible on it. And there is a weird, freaky picture of Jesus on it. But um, anyway, anybody grow up with one of these? Like maybe, like maybe not your house, but maybe it's your grandmother's house. That was kind of maybe back in the day. And typically, you know, the grandparents had that sitting on the coffee table in the living room in front of one of those sofas, like with the plastic over that nobody was allowed to ever. Am I the only one that grew up? Like, anyway, okay. Um, well, let me, let me tell you a little story, okay? So a little boy opened up the big family Bible one day. And man, he's just fascinated as he's fingering through the old pages, and I'm sure like mine. And by the way, somebody gave me this one. Uh, actually, when Janet and I were married, on the, on, the, on the bottom of it says, Chris and Janet Rollins, February 14th, 1987. Somebody gave that for us. Uh, we got married on Valentine's Day. Oh, anyway, uh, somebody gave that to us as a wedding gift. I'm like, really? You couldn't give us a toaster? No, anyway, I'm sorry. That was bad. This is a great, great. This is a great gift. Um, anyway, but so go back to this little boy, okay? So he's flipping through the pages of this thing, and then suddenly, suddenly, something falls out of the Bible. And he picks it up, and, and he looks at it, and what he saw was this old, old leaf, a leaf, you know, that had been, that had been pressed between the pages. And he's like, Mommy, Mommy, look what I found. And she's like, what, what have you got there? I mean, like his jaw almost dropping and with great astonishment in his voice, the little boy answered, I, I think, I think it's Adam's underwear. And uh, <laughs> now, think about that. Anyway, so having the right equipment 
many times is the difference between success and failure in life. Would you agree with that? Having the right equipment. Have you ever tried to tighten a screw with a steak knife? You know, you, you, you're that person, right? I actually remember when Jan and I first got married, we actually, I, trimmed, I tried to trim our Christmas tree with a steak knife. Anyway, it doesn't work too good. You know, if you, if you have a surgeon, you know, working on you, you don't want them using a chainsaw, right? You want the right tools and the right equipment uh, for the right situation. In fact, I've noticed that professionals, professionals in, in their line of work are very, very picky about their tools, you know, you contractors here, you are very picky about your equipment. You know, contractors, musicians, uh, athletes, a mountain climber, you know, you, you wouldn't try climbing a mountain with inferior equipment. It's dangerous. Well, sometimes, here's the truth life is dangerous. Life is dangerous. Now, fortunately for us, God has left us with an instruction manual that you can consult when you need help. Listen to this passage, 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. Listen to this. All Scripture, the entire Bible, it is inspired by God. Some translations say God breathed. And is useful, listen to this, to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It straightens us out. It teaches us to do what's right. It is God's way of preparing us, listen to this, in every way, fully what? Fully equipped for every good thing God wants us to do. So first of all this morning, let's talk for a moment about why we need the Bible, okay? Why we need the Bible. Number one, to help me know God. To help me know God. 2 Timothy 3.15 says this, You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. In other words, God gave us the Bible, the Word of God, to help us know Him and to come to faith. Now, there are a lot of things we can know about God from nature. You know, we can look out at creation and we understand he's powerful, he's creative, he likes variety, he's organized. In fact, do me a favor, everybody right now, turn to the person next to you and just point, just point a little bit. What you now know right now is that God has a sense of humor. You can start laughing right now at that person next to you. Now, but most, about, most of what we know about God... We know because he has chosen to reveal himself through his word, through the Bible. Number two, uh, to teach me the truth. To teach me the truth. Galen talked a lot about this last Sunday. In this age of truth decay, who are you going to trust? Politicians? The media? 2 Samuel 7, 8 says this, for you are God, O sovereign Lord. Your words are what? Truth. And you have promised these good things to me, your servant. Listen, when God speaks it, when he says it, he's not putting you on. It's not some changing current fad. It is an eternal truth. You can count on it. You can take it to the bank. Number three, to show us how to live. To show us how to live. Speaking of books, you know, maybe you remember the popular series of books. It came out a while ago. Got a whole series of them called Life's Little Instruction Book. 
And uh, these, these books, they were filled with all these different quotes from different famous people from all walks of life. And there were these books for parenting and marriage and finances and whatnot. And there's nothing wrong with any of those books. I've uh, read several of them. I, I, lo- I like them. However, the Bible is God's big instruction book. And, and, and the difference is this. You know, life's little instructions, books, those things, they're just man's opinion. The Bible is what God says will work to make your life work. Psalm 119.19 says this, I am but a pilgrim here on earth. How I need a map, and your commands are my chart and guide. Number four, to give me spiritual strength. To give me spiritual strength. Listen, whatever God asks you to do, He always gives you the power to do it. And we find power and strength in the truth of His Word. In fact, Hebrews 4.12 says this about the Word. For the Word of God is alive, and it is powerful. Now, many people know, you know that the Bible is, is good for them. But a lot of times, you know, a lot of people don't get a whole lot out of it. And I think we need to be taught how to, how to use it, how to utilize it. And so today, I just want to give you a very, very quick overview on how to use the Bible in your life, how to utilize it, and let's, you know, at the end of the day, I'm hoping that your grip is strengthened just a little bit on the Word of God. So number one, um, we use it to get knowledge, to gain knowledge. Now, when I'm talking about Bible knowledge, I am talking about knowing what God has done in the past. Okay, So at this level, we are simply learning the stories of the Bible. You know, the people of the Bible, the truths of the Bible, the facts, the events, and, and you learn the content. You know, what the Bible is all about. This is the entry level, but it is still very, very important. That's why it's so important, by the way, parents, that you bring your children regularly to Coastal Kids, where they can begin to learn the stories and the events and the people of the Bible. Hosea 4.6 says this, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Now, what's crazy though, is that even though there are more Bibles today than ever before, and people today have more access to the Word of God than ever before, we are still basically a biblically illiterate generation. People just don't know it anymore. One survey revealed that 62% of Americans think the phrase, God helps those who help themselves, was found in the Bible. That's not in the Bible. That's Ben Franklin. You know, half, half of all of America could not name where Jesus was born. It was not Roper St. Francis. Okay? One third think there is a book of Thomas in the Bible. Another study revealed that people think Sodom and Gomorrah were lovers. Okay? That's really funny if you know the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Maybe that describes some of your relationships. Anyway, that some people think that Jesus was baptized by Moses and that the epistles were the wives of the apostles. Okay? Now, we laugh at some of that, but I really wonder today, how much of the Bible do you know? I mean, if I were to say, how many of you believe the Ten Commandments? I think, you know, a lot of you would raise your hands. You, you, you'd, you'd say that. But what if I said, can you name all ten? Mark 12, 24, Jesus replied, your problem is that you don't know the Scriptures. And you don't know the power of God. 
So, how do you begin to learn the Word of God? It's really simple. You be, first, first of all, by reading it. By reading it. If I were to say, how many of you believe the Bible from cover to cover? Many of you, again, most of you would probably raise your hand. But if I said, how many of you have actually read it from cover to cover? That's a different story. You know, I, I know people who are believers that are more faithful to Facebook and Instagram than they are to God's Word. You and I need God's Word in our life. And you, you begin the process. You start that process by simply reading it. Reading it. You know, Galen talked last week about, you know, don't necessarily begin at the beginning. Maybe begin, you know, with the Gospel of John or the, uh, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and move on to the history of the church or, uh, you know, the, the letters to the churches. Uh, we talk a lot about you know, that process here at Coastal. But, Bible knowledge is great, but, but I want to say this, and I want to be clear. It's not enough. It, it really is kind of the entry level, the first level. And if all you do is just get Bible knowledge, something dangerous can happen to you. You can get full of pride and become a Pharisee. 1 Corinthians 8.1, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Have you ever met a Bible Pharisee? I was going to use a different word there, but it is Sunday morning here at Coastal, but uh, have you ever met one of those? I mean, you know, th these are the people that, that love to go around and just bulldoze people with their Bible knowledge. Jesus actually had some pretty harsh words for the people in his day who were like that, who knew the facts, who had the information but they didn't live it out. So it's good. It's good to have a knowledge of the Bible, but you've got to go a step further. Let's talk about that. Number two, use the Bible to gain perspective. Perspective. Perspective is beginning to see life from God's point of view. So in knowledge, you know, you know what God did in the Bible, but now in perspective, you're beginning to understand why he did it, the reasons, you're getting the big picture. Would you agree that, uh, that God has a bigger perspective on life than you do? Yeah. Now the good news is, guess what? He actually wants to share that with you. You know, it's kind of like driving uh, in the mountains and uh, going through, you know, going around those twisty curves, and, and you're thinking, man, if I could just see around the corner, you know, I could pass this slow car. I remember uh, my daughter and, and son-in-law, they just moved to Knoxville, Tennessee. And, and man, from like uh, Asheville to Knoxville, right, on Interstate 40, all those twist, you know, twisty turns. And, and you're thinking, man, if I could just know what's ahead. Well, let's say a helicopter flies by and radios down. Hey, you know, Chris, I can see two miles ahead. Everything's clear. It's okay to pass. Perspective perspective. Well, God's got a much bigger perspective on life than you and I do. And the good news is, He wants to share it. You know, in Psalm 103, verse 7, it says this, He made known His ways to Moses, His deeds to the people of Israel. Think about that. The people of Israel, they saw the deeds, right? You know, the acts of God, the Red Sea parted, the manna, the miracles. They saw the acts of God. But the Bible says God made known His ways to Moses, His perspective. You know, why He does what He does. 
So you get knowledge by reading the Word of God. So how can you gain perspective? I think one of the ways you gain perspective is by studying God's Word. By studying God's Word. You know, a part of that is what we do here on Sunday morning. It's, it's listening to you know, good Bible teachers and preachers. And, and that's why you know, this gathering is one of the reasons why this gathering is so important. You begin through worship and digging into the Word to get God's perspective by hearing God's Word proclaimed and explained. And, this is important, by studying it on your own. Now, how do you do that, though, Pastor Chris? You know, like, hey, you know, Pastor Chris, I didn't go to, you know, Bible college. I didn't go to seminary. You know, how do I do that? Well, I, I once heard somebody say the difference between reading the Bible and studying the Bible is using a pencil or a pen. In other words, the point he was making is that, well, if, if you don't write anything down, you know, you're not really studying it. You're just reading it. So the secret of Bible study in the beginning is really just knowing how to ask the right questions. And, and just write it down. You know, you might look at a passage of Scripture and not really know where to begin. Well, start with the basic, you know, journalistic questions that you learned in high school, right? Remember those? Who, what, when, where, why, and how. And you begin to dig into a Scripture and you, you begin to apply those, you know, to almost any passage of Scripture and you gain some perspective. You get some insight out of it. By the way, that's another reason why we are constantly encouraging people to join a life group where you can get together with a, with a group of people and just you know, dig into God's Word and to see life from God's perspective. So you get knowledge from reading the Word. You get perspective from studying the Word. Number three, use it to develop conviction. Conviction. I think convictions are the beliefs that shape our behavior. A conviction is something that I believe strongly in. It actually determines the way I act, what I do. Now, let, let me clarify, I'm not talking about opinions. You know, an opinion is maybe something that you'll argue about, something you'll discuss, and the truth is, it's even something that you change, you know, from time to time. But a conviction is a little bit stronger a little bit deeper. It's something that you'll die for. In fact, think about it. The people who have made the greatest change in this world, they were not the smartest, the most intelligent, or the wealthiest. The people who have had the greatest impact in this world for good or for bad were, th were those with the deepest convictions. Now today, we live in a time where every value is up for grabs. It's whatever you want to believe. And the real issue is who or what is going to be the final authority in your life? Are you going to be the authority in your life? Is somebody else? Or is God and His Word? Hebrews 5.14 says, But solid food is for the mature who by, listen to this, constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. You know, I think one of the points of that passage is that it is possible for us to actually discern good from evil. How do we do that? With the Word of God. He says you train yourself in what? In constant use of solid food. He's saying that's the Bible. 
That's the Word of God. It is solid food. It is our authority in life to distinguish good from evil. So how do you begin to develop that? How do you begin to develop those strong convictions? I think you get convictions by meditating on the Word of God. Meditating on the Word of God. Now I realize that you know, for some of you, uh, meditation is kind of you know, a scary, you know, mystical word. You know, meditation, you know, in your mind is like, you know, you sitting in a lotus position and home, you know, crystals and something. I don't know. Listen, no, 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 no. Meditation simply means to think about something intensely, to mull it over and over and over. That's what meditation is. Raise your hand this morning if you know how to worry. Anybody here know how to worry? I mean, we all kind of instinctively know how to worry, right? Well, if you know how to worry, you already know how to meditate. What is worry? When you take a negative thought and you think about it over and over and over again in your mind, that's worry. Well, listen to this. You take a verse of Scripture. You take a a verse of Scripture from the Word of God and you begin to think about it over and over and in your mind. You know what that's called? That's called meditating. And when you meditate on God's Word, what happens over time is that you begin to understand and get the heart of God. And you start feeling the same way that He does about things. Joshua 1.8 says this, Do not let this book of law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then, then you will be prosperous and successful. Man, that's quite a promise, isn't it? God says, hey, do you want to be prosperous and successful in this life? Very simple. Meditate on God's Word and do what it says. That's it. That's the key. You're looking for success? You want to be a successful parent? You know, husband, wife? You want a successful business? Meditate on the Word of God and do what it says. Because when you start following the owner's manual of life, life gets a whole lot easier. Which leads me to number four. Use it to sharpen my skills. Use it to sharpen my skills. Ecclesiastes 10.10 If the axe is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed, but what? Skill. Skill will bring success. Now, there are obviously certain things in life that you have to know in order to be successful. For instance, you know, if you're going to be successful in life, you got to know how to, you know, get along with other people. You know, you need to have some relational skills. You need to know how to, you know, manage your money, you know, some financial wisdom. You got to know how to make the best use of your time. You got to know how to make wise decisions. Those are all skills. Fortunately, you ready for this? Every skill you need for life is found in the Word of God. Man, the Bible is such an intensely practical book. It not not only tells us what to do, it tells us how to do it. James 1.22 Do not merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. You know, I really believe that after every message you hear, after every sermon you listen to, after every you know, worship experience you have here on Sunday morning, when the Word of God has been proclaimed, you should walk out of here and basically say, hey, what am I going to do as a result of what I just heard? 
How, how is that going to have an impact on my life? Because if you don't do that, the Bible is basically saying, you are deceiving yourself. You're deceiving yourself. Now the problem is, is that we have this false sense of security that because we have heard something, or because we've taken a class on something, that we've learned it. Listen, you, you haven't learned anything until you start doing it. Doing it, practicing it. So, how do I develop skill? Again, it's the same way you develop any skill. It's very simple, by practicing it. By doing the Word of God. Practicing it. Matthew 7, 24 and 26. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. But anyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. That's the bottom line. you got to put it into practice. So look back at your outline. You know the Word. You begin to understand the Word, believe the Word. Then you do the Word. And that leads us to number five. You, we use the Word of God to build our character, to build my character. So what am I talking about here? You see, the Bible was not simply given to increase your knowledge. The Bible was given to change your life. The Bible was given to point you to Jesus. To change your life. Romans 8.29 For God knew His people in advance and He chose them to become like who? What does it say? His Son. It's talking about Jesus. So that His Son would be, be the firstborn with many brothers and sisters. You see, that right there, that really is the bottom line. That's the goal. It's to become more and more like Jesus. See, if that's not happening, if we're not actually becoming more and more like Jesus, then we've really missed the whole point. We, we, we learn the content, then we get some perspective, we start developing convictions, and then we go out and we do something about it. And that's what, when we do something about it, man, that's when the Holy Spirit from within begins to change and mold our character, and we become more and more like Jesus. So again, let me ask you. What or who is going to be the authority of your life? Everybody's got one. Everybody's got to have a, a final authority, you know, kind of like the Supreme Court, by which you base your decisions. What's going to be the authority in your life for parenting, for finances, for relationships, you know, money, all of it, for life. Popular opinion? Hey, everybody else is doing it, therefore I'll do it. That's not a very good authority. Tradition? Well, we've just always done it this way. That's not a very good authority either. You know, whatever is easiest in life. Well, I'll just kind of take the, the easy way out. That's not too good either. I mean, when it comes down to it, you're either going to build your life on what the world says or what the Word of God says. What God says you ought to do with your life or what everybody else says. Or let me say this, you can just set yourself up. I'll be the authority in my life. You know what that's called? 
That's called playing God. And let me tell you something. One day, you will have to explain to the real God why you chose to do that. Now, if you do decide that what God has said is going to be your authority, let me tell you, you've got to get serious about the Bible. So I, I want to get real practical this morning as we, as we wrap this up. I want to challenge you to make a commitment today. Here it is. I want to challenge you to join a life group this semester. Join a life group. Because it's, it's, it's in that group where you're going to learn more about God's Word, more about God's will for your life, And you're not just going to be reading God's Word, but you're going to be studying it with other people and applying it to your life. You know, and and maybe this semester, more than any others for a while here at Coastal, I mean, we're all going to be focusing on on faith together and digging into God's Word, having that daily devotional. Let, Let me tell you, if you don't make time for getting together with some other believers to discuss and apply God's Word to your life, you are too busy. You are too busy. You know, if you would just cut out three 30-minute television shows a week, an hour and a half, that's equal to one life group meeting. For others of you, if you would just cut out social media For one day, for part of one day, for some of you, that's equal to like four life group meetings. Don't you think that might be a good trade-off? I mean, if this book really does have the answers to life, don't you think you could commit to at least an hour and a half a week sitting down with a bunch of other believers and looking at the Word of God together? I want to challenge you to do that. Now, the devil's going to give you all kinds of excuses. Do not listen to him. He is here to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Now, listen to this. Next Sunday, here at Coastal, it's a big day. It's a life group Sunday. Some of you have been here and you've experienced it before. Those of you who haven't, really quickly, let me just tell you. It's kind of like a job fair or a college fair, and we're going to have some big tents outside with tables representing all, all 36 different groups. You'll get to meet and greet the leaders. You'll get to ask some questions. You'll get to meet some other people who are signing up from your group. You'll get to enjoy some great snacks. And most importantly, you can sign up for a life group. Now, Today, everybody pull this out. You probably noticed it inside your bulletin. Today, inside your your bulletin is one of these. It is our life group catalog. We give this to you a week in advance, kind of as a little preview, so that you can go ahead and scout out the different groups and the, the group that you want to join. Now remember, this is important. You're not signing up this semester based on the study or the activity. All of our groups are going to be studying the same thing together this semester. So really what you are picking out, you're simply picking out uh, the day and the location. And man, again, this semester we have a group every single day of the week and located like all over Charleston. It couldn't be any more convenient. Now for some of you, signing up for a life group, I know, it sounds like an overwhelming commitment. Listen to me. 
It's not a commitment for life. I know we call them life groups, you know, but it's not. There, there are only eight weeks this semester. I really believe you can do anything for eight weeks. In fact, let me get really frank with you. This commitment, you know, that I'm asking you to make, joining a life group, you know, where you're going to read, study, and apply God's Word to your life with a group of other people, honestly, I really don't think it's much of a commitment. When you think about it, you know what it really is in 2020, 2019? It's convenience. It really is. But what are you willing to do? What are you willing to do? Will you commit to join a daring life group this semester? If you will, on the back of your Connect card today, look at this. I will commit to, to joining a daring faith life group this, uh, this fall, uh, starting September 22nd. That's the kickoff Sunday for our Daring Faith campaign, and all of our groups start that week. Would you be willing to commit just for eight weeks to get together with a group of people and dig in to God's Word and apply it to your life? If you'll do that, check that box. And then begin looking at these groups. In fact, today, I'll go ahead and let you in on a little secret. If you've read my Friday Five, you know this. Uh, you can actually go ahead and sign up online on our website. Uh, sign up for one of these groups. Next week, you'll be able to sign up here on your Connect card. We'll have a table for the groups. Uh, actually, I, we'll have the tent next Sunday where you can sign up um, out there. Let me close with this. The Bible says this, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word, ultimately, is Jesus. Have you gotten serious about the Word in your life? Jesus. Man, listen, He loves you. And He wants a relationship with you. You were made, in fact, to, to know God and to love Him back. He already loves you. And he's just waiting on you to come home. To take just one step, one step of faith. It's not about you cleaning up your life or trying to uh, get yourself situated before you can you know, go to church or come to God. No. Man, he loves you just the way you are. And he's ready to embrace you with open arms if you will just simply receive the Word. Receive the Son. Receive Jesus into your life by faith. Put your trust and your faith in Him and Him alone. And if you're ready to do that today, man, I'd love to pray with you through that. Bow your heads right now and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today we thank You for Your Word. God, I pray that as a church, as a people, that we would strengthen our grip on Your Holy Word. That we would come to know it come to apply it to our lives, that we would be transformed by your truth. And that we would stand firm in the, uh, the ever-shifting, changing world that we live in. And that we would point people to Jesus because that is who is found in Scripture. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And listen, if you're here today and you're ready to come home, you're ready to Open your life up to the truth of God and His Word. If you're ready to receive Jesus, just maybe pray something like this today. Dear Heavenly Father, God, today I believe. I, I, I admit it, God. I've, I've blown it. I have gone my own way. I have been my own God. I've done my own thing. But today I repent of all that. I turn away from it and I turn in faith toward You and Your Son. 
I do believe. I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he went to the cross with my sin. My sin put him on that cross. But God, I also believe, as much as I understand, as much as I know how, I believe that he rose from the dead to prove his power over sin and death. And I believe that he is alive. And today, I put my faith and my trust in Him and Him alone. Not in me, not in my ability to earn your approval or to work uh, for my salvation. None of that. I turn my back on all of it. On religion, on rebellion, and I turn in faith to you. I ask Jesus to be my Savior and my Lord and for the rest of my days. I just want to follow Him. I want to become more and more like He sees me now. Forgiven. Brand new. Father, we love you, and I pray these things today in the name of Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal, or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.